forge has gone quiet, the bellows blow no more. The forge has gone quiet, the smiths have gone home. Only fading embers remain, and my hearth grows cold. One kiss from you to rekindle it all. And scene. Okay, welcome back to Queen of Embers, episode sixty-five. I think. Yeah, sixty-five. Yeah, yeah sixty-five. Sixty-four. Remember, we are four episodes away from episode sixty-nine. We're all rolls of sixty-nine are critical success uh, because we're mature. Hi guys. Hey, hey. Thanks for tuning in and watching Queen of Embers. Um, I'm your game master, Daniel Fox. This is the group, the gang, the cult. We haven't talked about them in a long time. People who made Zweihander and Grim Perilous Great. Um, we're in Act Seven of Eight. Uh, not a Star Trek character. Uh, Act 7 of 8 in Queen of Embers. We're getting close to the end. I'm thinking if I was to kind of just gut instinct, I think it's probably going to be 15, 20 sessions more at the rate that we're moving. I think we have a really good rapport with one another and we kind of act fast, which is good. A um, couple things for those who are watching, listening, whatever it is. Jason, unfortunately, is out with food sickness, but everybody else is here. Tim's back. Hey, yeah, Tim, uh, good Chiefs. Good Chiefs. We won that shit. Uh, we we is in, yeah, because, you know, we won it, you know, when it came to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kansas City. Excuse you, excuse right. you. Kansas won that Kansas. thing. Hey, Can that's right. Great Sorry, Donald Trump said yeah. Kansas won that. So that's something to consider. Thanks. Kansas City's in Missouri. That's yeah. right. Yeah, mostly Missouri. It's in Kansas City, Kansas, too. It's real. technically in both, but the Chiefs are in Missouri. But the Chiefs, Chiefs are in Missouri. Missouri. The real city's in Agreed. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm from Johnson. <laughs> we are dirty Kansanites. We're gonna I'm jump in you through. <laughs> We're gonna jump into episode 65 where we last. We talked about where we last left off, but I thought it would be a good idea to reintroduce our characters because everybody just moved to a new profession. So maybe let's do character name. Do you want us to read our little Mad Lib? No, no, no. no sorry. <laughs> I think everybody. I think most people know exactly this point who everybody is. But let's uh, but let's do this. What we'll have you do is say your character's full. Just say, "Hey, my name is Adam. My character is this, and they're this, these professions." It's like it's like a Queen of Embers where a TV show. This is like this like it's like a new season and like there's like a new song and. Like, is this a bottle oh, episode? It's the intro. Yeah, the, the intro, intro is yeah. redone. Like, oh, I don't know about this one. Yeah, and you just got you just got real good with the last one. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> that's right. I was in it. Um. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's just let's start. Let's start with Adam. So Adam, tell us about who you are. Just tell us what your name is. What your sorry, what your character's name is, and what the professions are. Uh, my character's name is Terwin Forrester. Ooh. That was weird. That was not meant to be. <laughs> Terwin Forrester. Terwin Forrester. Da -da. <laughs> and he is a mad at arms turned sellsword turned condottiere. So he's a super badass mercenary professional. Yeah, he tries to be. For advanced tier. Yeah. Yeah. Mute. All right. All right. Harper Clavager. Um, he started off as a Dragoon, turned into a Pistolier, and then took a little turn to Adherent. An interesting one. If you listen to episode 64, Advanced Tier, I think is the name of the episode, it talks about some of the story reasons that people chose the professions they did. So I highly recommend watching that, listening to it. 
It should be on Twitch soon. Yeah. So, yeah. It should be up before this one. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's episode 65. Uh, okay, I'm that guy today. Um, so, Kay, tell us about your character. Uh, play Elisa Marius. Um, she was a provocateur, then an investigator, and now an oath-keeper. Oh, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. You're keeping the uh, the, uh, the keeper or, of the oaths. What's great is none of them are spelled the same way at the end. I love it. <laughs> Silly that English. was intentional. Um, cool. So, Nick. I play Warren Rhodes slash she, um, and I, I am a camp follower. Warren is a camp follower slash plague doctor, and she is a sanguine legionnaire. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's uh-huh. a really cool class. Pretty fucking clever, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all Nick right there. Yeah, <laughs> really interesting stuff. I'll send the links to you, Tim, if you want to watch, if you want to watch that 22-minute thing for character creation. It really talk, helps me paint a portrait. But So, Tim. I'm Banneker Steeples II. Uh, I started off as a highwayman and moved to smuggler. And I'm going to move to Watchmen because of Watchmen? our initiative chaos that we're playing right now. Uh, I think it's... You're always going to go first. I think it's just a... a, You're a metagamer. I'm metagaming the situation. (laughs) I I know what I'm doing. But I'm trying to take advantage of this rule and... You should. break it. So you're going to get two... I mean, you roll so many times, you may as well, you know... I'm doing the mic. I find the rule and I I break it. I don't blame you. I like what you did. I think think it's... I think there is... There's nothing wrong with playing to win. Right? Pick a combination that makes sense. Pick what makes sense for your story. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Metagame, uh, sorry, min-max doesn't matter. Um, and, and frankly, it makes sense mechanically and in story for Banneker. Yeah. So it's it's a good choice regardless of the reason. Um, it's one way of playing. You don't have to play that way right. if you don't want to. That's right. But if you follow Mike's Mechanics Mondays, <laughs> he will tell you how to build like the most awesome Zweihander characters yes. from a mechanics perspective That's on right. our Patreon. Yeah. Well, we wanted to do Crime Lord, but I just couldn't get it to work. Oh, man. I know. So, you know, guys up. plan better than I do. Be Mike and plan. So, Tim. I, I built a character that went to Crime Lord and on Mechanics Monday, so I'll show it to you. Uh, so, Tim. He built the entirety of Usual Suspects, in fact. Really? Yeah. All of them. Very cool. End to end. Crime boss. Yeah. Who watches The Watchmen? I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I, was I was waiting for, for one person. I was waiting for something. I, 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 I didn't say it because it I was going to come from one of these. I, I think our viewers watches The Watchmen, and yeah. we watch The Watchmen as well. It was pretty good. I've never seen it. Off. It's they pretty good TV good show. <laughs> oh, no. We had our first song for the night. So, let's. um. I apologize, I'm chewing here, but. Sorry, listeners. Uh, let's talk about what happened last game. So, we did a short session. It's about an hour and a half long session outside of character creation. Who wants to take the lead on that? Well, we started off with uh, um, being being on the boat and kind of recapping because, um, like, we were taking stock of the events that happened in uh, Stowe, um, and then also taking stock of what happened to Warren um, and then trying to find out more from uh, Emil uh, about the conspiracy. What did Emil reveal? Because remember, the reason why you're after Emil is one of the burnt letters you found in the fireplace where Rosalia Mansfield was murdered. There was something that led you to Stowe. 
Yeah, so Emil revealed that um, there was an order for a special um, stock of Madame Geneva. Madame Geneva, yeah, and it was to have fulpane in it. Was that what yeah. it was supposed to have in it? Um, and it was it was being kept in some mines uh, further down the river after um, Old Lord. I almost called it by its incorrect name. <laughs> um, so, Are there any details that he may be missing there, Lisa? Oh, plenty. <laughs> um, let's see about that particular ship. So, um, let's see. The guiding hand is the one that set the prices and controlled Arundel from behind the scenes on the east side of the river. You stated. Um, Bruno Lehman is their leader, and Emil believes that Eustace, his friend Eustace Adelard, got mixed up in with the guiding hand, um, specifically Bruno. Um, so he made that special batch, and Eustace was not actually, Eustace requested it, but he was not the one that picked it up. It was instead uh, the Red Herring, which was a viper ship. Um, and there was a tall man in a mask that ended up on the ship taking that stuff to the mine, the salt mines that are run by the uh, salt peterman, I guess. Well, no, by the guiding hand, I guess. As Bruno Lehman's mines are just outside of Durindle in the Bastards River. Yes. <clears throat> so not downriver, but upriver and back into Durindle. You go up the river and down again, you're going to be in Ropania again. Durindle again. <laughs> I, was gonna, <laughs> I was trying to make it work. You tried. I was trying second song in the first how many minutes? Uh, nine minutes. It didn't work. <laughs> Pure folk vein. Uh, so yeah, that's, you learned that uh, that Emil basically, while he was performing <clears throat> surgery, by the way, on Warren, question mark, her, she, her, no, Warren, um, that um, that he had done this for Eustace, because he and Eustace were friends, obviously, uh, old friends, um, and he thought it was unusual because he was because it was not Eustace who came to pick up the batches of. Madame Geneva laced with folkbane. It was this. It was the the, the river the red viper. herring. Yeah, the red herring ship with uh, the the vipers, river vipers. Uh, not to be confused with the river vipers from Cobra and GI Joe, but uh, sure, why not? Uh, and a strange, tall person in a, a twisted mask to hide his face. And this was weeks ago. But it was born upon. It was born upon a ship called the Red Herring and clearly bound back for. Layman salt mines. And that's kind of where we left off. Uh, but we did press forward in time. In fact, we decided to move time forward five days on the river, thereby giving 10 days of rest uh, because everyone's laid up for that long to recoup from their, to re recuperate from their injuries. So the first thing you need to do um, is mark off 10 days from any injuries you may be suffering from. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. Even though it was five days on the river, remember, if you if you were laid up the entire time, um, it counts as two days instead of one. The second thing is, is that travel on this ship um, is, is, um, it is not a comfortable ride, uh, suffice to say. The ship at this point, the Madeline, is fully functional. 
It's self-propelling on the river. In fact, it's towing Jonah Sparrow's ship, the Last Wish, up the river. And the people of Stowe are still up on it with the Grahlstedters. Right. And the people you've brought with you. Jonathan Vander, his wife, Sammy Newhouse, Rung Bigley. Uh, Just a little pack. Edward Booker. Edward Booker, that's right. It is my that's right, your guy. <laughs> I mean, it could have been a pleasure cruise with all the pickles and creamed ice, yeah, but, you know... That's right. We had to pick people up. That is a great point, because remember, uh, the foodstuffs were gone. So by the time you arrive, or you will be arriving to Cauldron Lake, which is north of Stowe, um, by the time you reach Cauldron Lake, you are all imperiled. Everyone is imperiled. You're hungry, very hungry. Uh, between the number of people who are on this ship and what little fishing there is to be had in the season, um, and there are no other settlements along the river. Um, you've pretty much been eaten out of everything you had in your holds. In the, in the, in so all of our rations and everything we have. Yeah, right now. Okay. yeah. So expend all your foodstuffs off your character sheets, um, because it's not just you; it's others as well. Right. You've taken these people on in. As you come top deck uh, on that morning, the river begins to it began to widen yesterday, but eventually the river is so wide that you can see, as far as your eye can see, both to the east and the west and to the north, you can just see these tall, sweeping pine trees as the river gives way to Cauldron Lake. Um, it is a vast lake that is uh, some number of miles wide. Um, and incalculably deep. There are a number of settlements along the edges of its shores, but every settlement, at some, some path or another, leads to a place or a den, if you will, a place called Old Lork, an old buccaneer's town that's actually situated on the lake itself. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it, it, as you understand it, it sits upon tall stone and wood piers and it is separated from the land, and the only way to reach it is by ship or by ferry from the main road. Um, you can't see it yet, but you can already see that there are parts of Cauldron Lake that are frozen. There are sheets of ice floating in the water. The snow is still these big, fat, wet snowflakes like outside today, falling. It's a, it's a cold winter day. In fact, um, the, the year has passed. It is now year 224. Um, it's sometime late January at this point. Time is passing from when you began in late autumn and now you're already, you know, four months in. You're in, you're in the shank, if you will, of winter. So as you come to Cauldron Lake and you begin to take stock of things that have happened, you realize that your foodstuffs are down. But most of you are still down the hole. It's kind of laying low, trying to recover. In particular, Warren, who had underwent a, what you witnessed, a pretty horrendous looking surgery as he has been walking around with a half metal plate in the side of his head. He had a, a craniotomy, I remember it's called. They, they, if you remember, um, Emil Frosch performed surgery and took half of his skull out and proceeded to release the fluids. His room is dripping into the drain pan down below the, the table in the captain's quarters. It was pretty gruesome. Um, but you're all up and about and walking. You all can certainly talk. You just can't take a lot of strenuous activity, at least those who are wishing to recover during this time. Um, and knowing what little foodstuffs you have, keeping your energy will be good. You know you're about maybe a day out 
from Old Lork at this point. Um, you must travel further north up the lake. Unfortunately, because you're not traveling upriver, and there's there really isn't any current at this point to prevent you from going, um, there's a generous amount of wind. And at this point, um, uh, both Banneker Steeples and Sammy Newhouse agree that it's probably a good idea to drop to lower the sails and let the winds take you to Old Lork. So the sides of the ship are no longer billowing with black smoke and the strange smokestacks that kind of come off the back of the captain's quarters. Uh, that kind of choking, kind of smoky surrounding things around the, the Madeline. Uh, the, the water underneath it is no longer burbles from the movement of the engine. Um, instead, the sails have been dropped, rung, rung bigly. Uh, Jonathan Vander and others have begun setting it ready to set course, to set sail to Old Lork. Um, as the wind catches the great billowing sail, a freshly caulked book, a boat, boat, if you remember. Yeah. Get it full of caulked. The boat is truly fully operational. The Arkwright Cauldron works. The only thing that isn't finished at this point is the aerostat. The actual, the, the, the great balloon, if you will, that gave it buoyancy to what you understand from the stories, and you know they're true, when it crashed into the foundry and had created the, the suit-stained prophet. And the story of the prophet has spread very quickly among the people on this ship. In fact, the Grahlstetters have taken to this, and you can see that the thing has been adorned uh, with small offerings dedicated to this prophet, this would-be prophet. You suspect that it's mostly due to Jonathan Vander uh, and his wife, who remember they believe this is like literally the manger, if you will, that birthed Jesus. It's the thing that birthed the prophet in Durindal, like a living, breathing God, if you will. Uh, but the play, but the but this thing is seen as almost like an ark of a sort. But uh, you were heading toward Old Lork at this point, and you're all kind of top deck talking. You concluded your discussion with Anil about four days ago. Uh, over the course of the five days, I would like to seek treatment from Emil for damaged condition track. Same here. Halen Phelan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Emil will certainly help. Uh, the question is, are you recouping from any injuries? No. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. I need okay. Emil too. Okay. So you'll need to provide your own bandages because supplies are low. If anybody doesn't have any, I, I happen to take some at the camp. <laughs> uh, I'll be okay. Um, and I am lightly wounded. Same. Okay. So, uh, normally, it would just be an automatic success, but you're aboard a ship that is crowded, um, and there's not sickness, but, I mean, it's a crowded ship. Um, so, it's going to be a routine heal test. His chance is 83%. So, I will let you roll individually. So... Go ahead and roll yourselves. And you may use fortune points if you like in this case. I mean, you are rolling for your own lives. Um, just sure to expend a bandage if you would. Yeah. Yeah. 83? Is that what you said? Yes. An 05 will succeed. Nice. Anybody else? Yes. I have three injuries. I'm sorry? Three injuries. It's not the number of injuries, it's the condition you're currently oh, okay. at. So Where do you at? I'm grievously wounded. Uh, that's 83, 73%. 63%. Okay. Nope. I'll re-roll. I'll take that misfortune point. Thank 
heal. 28 success. Nice. So you go up one step. Any more you wish to go up? Yeah. Just got five days. Okay. So 53 for the following day. Sorry. 73, my apologies. Critical success. So you go up one step, and you also go up on the Feral Condition track. Hunger. You ain't got no hunger. You ain't got no hunger. Anything else? Um, I'm out of bandages. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll give you one. Okay. Moderate now. Okay. You're a moderate now? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's 73. Success. Okay. And now lightly. Okay. 83. That's a failure. Mm. Um, How many more days you got? Huh? You got more days? Last day. Fourth day. No, I guess I'll reroll again. Why not? I'll take that as close point. Pretty high, please. That's a success. Okay. If somebody else wants to throw him a bandage, I'd like to keep one on me. Yeah, I will. So, you all are top deck. And although some of you were recouping from your injuries and feeling a bit famished, um, you managed to get a bit of privacy. Uh, as you stand on top of the captain's quarters, and you can see people teaming across the the, the, the deck of this ship. Like, they've been put to work. Sheriff Renalda Gray has ensured, because most people from Stowe were, were born on the river. Um, so, manning and piloting a ship of this size, um, particularly for what you're trying to do, takes a, 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 takes, um, a crew of about nine. So, in, not including yourself. Uh, so a crew of nine to basically keep the ship operational. Uh, Sammy has already said that, and he's been making inquiry, of course, with the Grawl Setters. Uh, he met with them a few nights ago to talk to um, the woman whose name escapes my, my, me right now. But um, he spoke with her to um, talk about potentially staying on the ship and negotiating, um, negotiating some sort of rate to keep them on board. Aileen Woodward, that's her name. Yeah, and we just found about, the, They were trying to get to Dorindo. That's right. That's right. It's absolutely right. Yeah. So you are you have <clears throat> privacy among it yourselves. Kind of, it was kind of a win-win. That's right. So the six of you, uh, including Sammy, uh, is there uh, outside the captain's quarters, and you're looking down upon the deck, and you see the great sails, and you you know, old Lork is <clears throat> about a day away. Um, but you're not in any, you're going as fast as you possibly can at this point. Um, there are no other ships on Cauldron Lake. Not surprisingly either, given the season. Uh, in fact, you're surprised at the find that it, you're surprised that it's, that, that it's not frozen over in parts. Because it is still fairly shallow where you're at. Mm-hmm. But there are sheets of ice floating on top of the water. Um, the snow is still coming down, obviously, and they're sweeping it off the deck. No frog folk where the river and the lake meet? Uh, there were a few traders along the way, but they're mostly in their hovels in the middle of the in the okay, middle of what, the, the mid folk as they call themselves. Yeah, but the as they're colloquially called the, the frog folk or or mid folk uh, would be their what they're what they call themselves. They are a head or so shorter than most Aridane folk. Eked out a straight an inexistence here in the wood, but um, they love off of frogs and drink mud and look good. Yeah. That's what the air dates That's what the air dates yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, Frogful. Um, but you've had no contact with anyone the entire time. 
Um, and you're really not surprised given the season. All river traffic is pretty much dead at this point. With the exception of perhaps local travel. But there are no settlements in the middle of the lake. There's only one on Calder Lake. That ever, and there's many smaller settlements along the shores, but you're not traveling the shores. You're traveling the middle of the river so you can get to Old Lork as quickly as possible. And there's only one major settlement in all of Old Lork, and that is a, a burg of about three to 5,000 people called Old Lork. A denizen. It's the Vegas of Dance World. <laughs> yeah. More like the Reno, but you know. <laughs> it's uh, Golden, whatever it is. What's the name of that place in um, Final Fantasy VII? Golden Nugget or something. Golden Nugget, the giant casino. Um, I can't recall. But nonetheless, you are by yourselves. You may talk now. That'll be resolved. All right. What's the plan once we get there? Well, we've got a few problems. The first problem is our we're out of bloody food. Yeah. So we're going to need to secure food for ourselves. I've I've spoken with the leaders of both of the communities, and the plan for them is to try and find a couple of days work worth of work to buy enough food to get us further down the river. So are they coming us back to Greenwood? Well, they also have the option to stay here. It's really up to them. Aye. But shouldn't we know who's coming and who's going? Well, no, but you see, the thing is, I also spoke with the community leaders and said, you cannot leave this boat. You need to be at the, um, the gangplank, making sure you recognize who leaves and who comes. Because a Grohlsteader could come across, and because I don't know know them exactly, they can just say, hey, you know, I'm with the Grohlsteaders. And they're like, oh, okay, and let them on. And then once we leave, then we find out from the community leader, uh, they're not with us, they're a Grohlsteader, but they're not, they're not our group. You a fear of a stowaway? Sammy says. Yeah, I mean, when being away from stow, I do fear a stowaway, yeah. We got problems with that. We're going to take care of it. Renault Gray is smart man. Aileen's keeping an eye on things. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 the plan I set in motion. I was explaining that. All right. I'm more worried about an assassin, personally, but you know, stowaway, whatever. I don't really care if they get into our food store so long as we have enough. No, we so. don't. We don't have any. But we will. We will for us. But and, and they will for them if there's enough. A boss when it comes down to it. I worry about a price on my head. She's got a good point there, but Aye. people are a responsibility. Aye. Of course. Well, we got to buy food for them, too, if they can't make work. Aye. Uh, you see, I'm getting to it. Because it's winter. I'm getting to it. Right. So, oh. if, it, if there is not enough work, then yes. It, it is out of the kindness and decency of the Dufresne Agency for people who are Refugees from a town in order to help out. We'll be heading on to Durendal. He kind of pulls out his map. I reckon we're good. We get across Cauldron Lake. Going down River Bastards River is pretty shallow. It's, uh, I mean, we got low enough draft where we can make it through back to Durendal and the Bastards River, but. 
I suspect it'd probably take the same amount of time to get from Old Lork at least to the outside drum, maybe five, seven days at best. Depending on the weather. If it was a better season, then we could try and fish and hunt along the way, but uh, it's no good season. Right. One does not simply hunt off the side of a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to still... You um, fish! Right, that's what nets are for. That would, be, that would add all sorts of days to it. Well, for supplementing, that's fine. I doubt there's going to be enough fish that could possibly hold us. Hence so. the plan. I'll arrange for foodstuffs. I just... We, we just need to make a determination. We don't leave the people of Stowe here take them with us. That's the real question. That's what I was asking. Because I know Aileen and the Wo Aileen Woodward and the rest of them Grawlstaders agreed to stay. We All can't right. run this boat on our own, and they want, they're going to Durandal regardless. That was Warren Sammy and my original deal with them. And then they're staying. Great. And, I mean, I think the offer just needs to be made. Old Oak is not a family-friendly place. The offer was made. Like I said, if they want to come down the river with us, they can. But if they want to stay here, they can. I reckon if we can get... If we're just taking counts right now, I can get a barrel flatfish for about a crown. That'll feed us all... I'd say we get two, we get three barrels that'll feed all of us, including the Grawlsteaders. So we need three gold marks. That's easy and enough. You know, Lork's got fish. If we got three marks, I can send someone to see to it. Alright. I'll give you a mark. I was at least it pulls out five and hands it to him. Well, I don't need five. Let's he make sure it. we're all comfortable. There might be some other supplies we need. So get the food, and then if we tell you if there's something else, if not, give it back. All right, all right. I'll take the crowns. I'll pass. I'll get Her Majesty a jar of caviar, then. Dear gods, no. However, might not be remiss to have, I don't know, some ale, something for spirits. Oh, uh, liquor? Well, now you're talking. I could probably get us, um... He's... Might motivate ruminating for a moment. Yeah. Might motivate the men. Well, not just men among them, Grawlstatters now, well, Stevens. I mean, motivate. I don't mean men as in man, I mean men as in. Hail by the half ton of three crowns? Yeah, but Grawlstatter woman drink you under the table. I'm not looking <laughs> to get people completely thrashed off this. I'm not meaning, and I'm not meaning men as in men. I'm meaning as mean as men as in mankind. As in people. Mead by the Hogshead is 15 crowns. Well, Hogshead ain't gonna feel all us. Come on now. You, If we want to do the ale by the half ton, which I think is probably smart, it's just a half ton's a butt of, it's just a butt of a, of a half crate, if you will. Half a barrel. Well, I we mean, get we get half ton. We'll be full up with, we'll be full up with uh, ale for a long time. Then, how much is it? Three crowns. All right. We go half ton though. That's that's a big one. Or we go run by the keg. 
Because, you know, we're all sailors now, right? We need rum. It's 64 gold crowns. <laughs> rum gonna give you them run shits. I think I'm gonna I, go I don't with... need people falling off of the boat. I think I'm gonna go What with... do you think alcohol's for? <laughs> Not no matter what you drink. It would, we would be able to answer the question. All right. Uh, Enough. Drunken sailor. We're going with free gold crowns. All right, then. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Now, I'm giving the free gold crowns for the, the drink. Well, you, you gave five yeah. for the food. Yeah. I'll bet you were willing to give a crown. Give it to her. All right. Well, I was going to give him a, some money for uh, my oats and some wheat. Because, I mean, much as I love fish, I'd like a little something else. That's, I mean, that's what I was thinking is maybe a little bit of variety. Well, you just make yourselves a grocery list and I'll cut a deal with the greengrocer. I know a man. Sounds right. good to me. And he is a man in this case. Banneker. <clears throat> it's not people. Well, they are people. Uh, you can't crawl grocer or not a people. So there we go. He, uh, knows, he, he knows a people. <laughs> I know a person, as I'm saying. An old lord that we can, a greengrocer we can work with in the docks. That won't be a problem. I just You just tell me what you want, and we'll we'll talk about it later. And he starts How taking How fucking close are we to this town? Uh, Do we need uh, fuel of any sort? Fuel? I assume there's some kind of like I don't know how that thing works. I never got close enough to it. You and Jonathan have always worked just on it. just give us a number. We ain't gonna find nothing here at Old Lord that we need, but them salt mines is a different story. I grow weary of this conversation. So we need to see the stone. I ain't got no head for numbers. Man, most of the time. Are we done? I think so, boss. All right. You seem to be. I am. How about a pig's bladder for some blood blitz on deck? <laughs> All right, but if you throw it overboard, we're throwing you overboard. I suppose. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't know how to pilot the ship. I suppose we could for morale. I can get behind that. It's hey, brass. I'll take care of it. I'm just joshing you. All right, I'll take accounts and leave y'all to it. I'm going to go uh, talk to Aileen. Get some cheese. Like Let me know what we're going to do about them people from Stowe, he says as he walks down, as he comes down the ladder yeah. off the top of the captain's deck, leaving the five of you alone. We'll assume that Eugene Thornberry is laid up still. He's got a good point. We need to, we need to meet. Did you already meet with the sheriff, I, the I, warden? I, I did. It's when you were too busy captaining the, the ship. So it's, it's not as hard as it's not as hard as it looks. <laughs> Just kidding, boss. So I told them the same thing. Today. If they want to lead their lives here in Old Lock, they can. But we are planning on them coming to Durandal if that's what they wish. So we, yeah, I think what Sammy's asking is we need a head, head count. If they're staying, we kind of need to know. The way we can put them to work. Or we can move a few back onto the other ship and give us some room. Okay. We well, kind of that's, that's cut and ran. It's probably the best way to describe our exit. I appreciate your concern. And that is why I spoke with them and I told them to be at the gangplank and to let us know what these numbers are. Huh. Alright, alright. That means it seems like you got this thing planned out. I mean, uh, what's, what else are we doing when we get to Old Lock? I need to run by a weaponsmith and an armorsmith 
You hear a bell being rung from the front of the ship. <laughs> old Lork! Old Lork! Man's calling out. And as you kind of see some of the, between the falling of the wet snow, you can see the shape of something looming over the water. Spreading as far as the horizon can see. Boss, can that wait? You can see a few masts penetrating the mist, the low-hanging mist. Could it? This is not the den of... This is not Drendel. This is... You do you, boss. You want uh, some guidance on where to go. I'll help you out. You're going to pay more here, though. Not any more than we can pay um, pay in stowe. Maybe. You're not part of the association. What's that? That is the association. It's the organization. It's, the, I... it's, it's called a lot of things, but you're not part of it, nor am I. So you're going to pay more. Well, then you should be my guide. I'm not either. I understand. You might want to speak with Jonas. That's who I'd recommend. Taking you. Let him see if he can help you. That's a good idea. Thank you. No matter what, I think we should all stick together. Yeah, yeah, we have assassins that are trying to kill us. It'd be a terrible idea to even go on to Old Walk where all the, you know, I mean, officially a lot of assassins (laughs) are from. I have a question. Mechanically, Mm -hmm. my book of oaths state that I have to tell a story for an hour. Mm -hmm. Would I have to actually, like, how... You want to handle that? You will tell a story for an hour during the game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, you will, you will, you will tell, you will tell us in broad strokes a story. Okay. Yeah, we'll give you an opportunity to do something cool. Or we and you were okay Not for with an hour, me for a minute. Yeah, okay. yeah, and you were okay with me more broadening that to it being like more of like a dissertation or like an informational kind of thing, right? Yeah. Instead of story. That's right. Yeah. Because I do think that she would try to do that before they head into Lord so that everybody's more. Or you were recuperating from from injuries? Nope. Okay. Everyone else is. The only thing I am is imperiled. So let's be clear here for a moment. So, what book of oaths? Explain to me what your trait does. Okay. So, by the book, it says you can attempt a skill test related to your focus in the arts to tell a story to the others. If successful, a number of allies equal to your fellowship bonus may either ignore. Any one critically failed skill test or treat one curie die as a phase six without spending a fortune point within the next 24 hours. Looks like you need to focus. Do you have to focus? I do, actually. Law. Nice. I got it from the barrister. Ooh. Okay. So you want to tell one on the way here? That's what I was kind of thinking before we headed into Lork. Maybe she could tell some, you know, potentially like some issues that she's heard of, like criminal acts that have happened inside Lork. Oh, yeah. Uh, your story about law you know, becomes incredibly convoluted because there is no law. In, oh, there is no law in Olork. Uh, there is simply what is called the network. Um, so go ahead and tell your story. Uh, your test will be hard. Hard. Okay. I couldn't remember the name of it. It's a it's a me it's a story that's like well there is law but in Olork there's not really law. There's only two factions there. They call themselves the network. There's the man in white and the lady in. 
or the man in red and the yeah, lady he, in white. Out of character, Kay does not know these things, right. <laughs> but I will bullshit. That's fine. I have no problem with that. That's right. Um, okay, so, and that's going to be against law, so that's mm -hmm. education. Right. Horde. So I have a 50, 63 in education. You said hard, so that'll yeah. be a 43. 40, or 74 will not do it. All right, so she... You know, it, there, there's there's these things, and from what I've heard, there's like a, a what a network or something, and they, um, they they do things, and I mean, there's not really like rules, but it, you know, it seems like the king is not well. I mean, no, like they don't they don't really care about the king, but like. Yeah, I mean, we got nets that work on the boat, you know, they no, catch fish. And... What? Uh, no, no, this is different. This is like people, <laughs> and they. Oh, yeah, I there's mean, two people that wear colors. They, yeah, there's there's two of them, and it's they. A, it's a lake county. I, there's fishermen. You know, I'm not entirely sure. There's really not. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with this. So um, to law thing, right? We all knew yeah, that she's, already. She's kind of wrong about everything. <clears throat> There's two. Yeah, yeah. As you roll up into the docks, there's two. There's two factions. Don't mess with either one. The lady in white, the man in red. If somebody says they're part of the network, go the other way. The man in red. Yeah, that. That's that. The man in red. The lady in white. Those are the two factions. That wouldn't have anything to do with like crimson Monarch, would it? No. No. Then we're good. No, but we're not good, boss. Marauders. I keep telling you this. We are going into a den of assassins. We are wanted with prices on our heads. Can't your armor or whatever the hell you're trying to get wait? We need. It, it, this is a terrible idea. Suppose I could send someone in there to get it fixed. I mean, it's going to take a number of days. But what do you mean yeah, by boss? Get it fixed? We need to get back to Durindal. Can't do it without food and stores, though. Without stores, we got a green grocery right on the docks. I'm trying to warn you guys. We can go in there. I've been here before. None of you seem to know anything about this place. I don't. Books. Poorly conceived books, then. It would appear so. Yes. <laughs> Just another southern city to me. What difference does it make? It's not, though. It's it's really not. There is no laws, but the laws the white makes, or the red makes. Half the city is owned by the white, the other half by the red. The two big gambling institutions, one's owned by the red, one's owned by the white, but straight across from each other. Where's Jonah? He's on the other ship, remember? We'll talk with him when he gets here. You, you, you've, you've convinced me. If you can wait, I'd wait. Well, if memory serves, wasn't Jonah working for one of them? Hey, Nick, hmm? real quick, sorry to interrupt. When you play with that, it causes the camera to tip up and down. Sorry. It's like capturing your hand movement in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, it's like, I'm looking, it's going... <laughs> <laughs> fidgety, fidgety. That's okay. No. What you're so say? maybe you uh, talk to... Uh... He's part of the organization. Yeah. He's sponsored. So... I mean, if we in, So was her friend. He's our end, right? Hmm? Your friend. My friend. The woman we brought to Booker? introduce to the Baroness. Domina. Yes. 
her father and her. I'm sure. Well connected. No, we should speak. The word well connected is not what I mean. She's one of them. Oh, we well. should speak with all three of them then, if they if they are experts here. Well, Domina's here. Domina is top deck. Aye. You see her not far from here in this uh, this uh, bird, this uh, blue jay colored, like a robin's egg colored, uh, dyed wool coat with this thick plume of white around her neck, making her look like Elsa from. From uh, or not Elsa, whatever her sister's name is. Anyway, she's she's top deck, kind of actually looking toward Old Alork right now, and you can see her tall and regal, with her midnight black hair, unmistakable among the people who are kind of maneuvering back and forth on the deck. I'll go exchange pleasantries with her, and then invite her, her father, and um, father's not father here. Yeah. It's just her. just her. Oh, that's right. He's way back there. Yeah, she oh. would love to join you for dinner tonight. Uh, I will. <laughs> I will. I will invite her and um, Jonah. Okay. Uh, to speak with us. So some time will pass, and it will. It will be nighttime in the captain's quarters, where you will have what little food you have left stored. And uh, Domina arrives first, dressed as she was before, pleasantries, smiling, ruby red lips. Jonah has dark circles beneath of his eyes. His breath smells pretty rancid. He has a very vacant look in his face. Um, when he sits down, he doesn't really say too many words. Well, I, Dominus says, I am flattered that you invited me to join you to dine in the captain's quarters, Master Steeples. Dominus, let's... The boss invited you. I, I don't have any choice in these things, but you're always welcome here. Well, we are close to home, I suppose, so we I are. wanted to thank you. You are, you are always welcome here. I can't believe we haven't had you in these five days. It's been a little harder than I thought to navigate a ship this long. It has been busy, I'm certain. Your responsibilities have been great. All of you, in fact, have done a very commendable and wonderful job navigating a very complex situation in Stowe. I have watched from afar, and the people of Stowe, particularly Renault de Grey, has told me what has transpired. I must admit, I am impressed. The Dufresne certainly uh, bring only the best and brightest talent to the table. You're too kind. What I spoke of, Master Steeples, when I said of home, I meant I was speaking of your sister. Yes. Yes. I trust we will not be crossing paths with her. No, no. Family ties uh, have been were severed by my father. I didn't know you had a sister. Nor will you ever know. There are a few things that I uh, give you of, of my personal life. Is not not true? Well, this is just another you will not know. I respect that. No, no it ain't no. none of my business. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I'm sorry. Family's family, none of my business. 
I'm sorry, I did not mean to sour the conversation. Forgive me, Master Steeples. I did oh, not no, realize no, I, I, have, I have no issue with my aunt. <laughs> but my father has great issues with her. Hmm. And that has set her against me and my side of the family. Hmm. She nods. Just so. So, she says, old Lork. I am assuming... She kind of rubs her chin, not bearded like mine, pale <laughs> and a little dimple in the middle of it. I trust then that we are to head on to Durindal in this season still. Aye. So we're not going to camp, we're not going to stay in Cold War, is what you're telling me. God. No, no, no. Uh, we, are, we are seeking advice from people who, who've lived here. Hmm. Well, I have never lived here, but I can try to impart some of my own experience, I suppose. It's the network. They don't know anything about it. They hmm. don't know of the red, they don't know of the white. And as you know, we now have prices on our heads. This would not be the place to... Terry? Yes. Stay long with such things upon our... Next. Old Lork is a place where she turns toward Terwin. It's a place where one could lie low if one was on the run. Um, but it does not take long <laughs> it does not take long uh, for the guilds uh, to collect their due. No one in Old Lork stays without paying their tithe. Uh, to one of the two organizations, for lack of a better term, uh, that exist in Old Lork. Mm -hmm. Their networks are extensive. Uh, they extend to every piece of business coming in and out of Old Lork. Um, but uh, if one is to find oneself in Old Lork, it is not long before you are identified with the organization as an outsider. Um, and outsiders are usually put to the inquiry. Gentle, of course, usually by way of the key masters, uh, those that, uh, the quay, quay masters, I should say. Uh, those, if you're keeping dock on ship, they want to take stock, see what you have in your holds. Ah. Pretty common, just, you know. But nonetheless, all that is reported up to one of the two guilds. So, if I understand correctly, it would be best to proactively pay a tithe as soon as we arrive. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, to pay your tithe is to tie yourselves to one of these two families. Oh, it's finding, oh. trying to find words. Oh, <laughs> it's trying not to use the word network, basically. Yeah. The you must understand the situation in Old Lork. It is not bound by the laws of the king. It exists as its own city-state of a sort. King Cassander recognizes its value strategically and economically. And since the Rowan dynasty of the Third Age, none have tried to force uh, the families to, well, to, to, to pay up, so to speak, into the, the monarchy. Um, 
it kind of exists on its own accord, if you will. Old, technically, Old Cauldron Lake and Old Lork, by extension, is not really part of Adlador or the Girdle either. <clears throat> so with almost uh, having a price on the head. Yes, a price on your head. Uh, Old Lork is probably not the place to be. Right. My recommendation would be to come and go very quickly. Without a doubt, those who in the season would come to seek work as a mercenary, mm-hmm. or worse, would find themselves usually in Old Lork as a staging ground, so to speak, to everywhere in the known world, further down river, and even to the north. In fact, many wars that were waged upon the Torque Lords began here as the first minister, Colmarius, conscripted large host of mercenaries from Old Lork to fight in the north. Mm, so, so if I wasn't wanted and I wasn't a part of the the uh, families, Dufresne the, the agency, oh. then it would probably be a viable profession for one of my ilk. Right. Maybe you'd be wanted, but in other ways. <laughs> good kind. Right. So there's a certain forbearance given to people who are good at what they do, if not because they are good at what they do, but because of the fear that they may do that thing. Right. Well, it's. I already told you you convinced me before we had this conversation, but I'm convinced you should probably not tear me. You will find, I will tell you this, an old lord, that every person wears either a red rose of cloth or a white lily of silk. That is who you know who you are trafficking with. It is a requirement by the families. Like the lady in white and the man in red. Those without marks. Well, no. She nods. And I'll I'll kind of look at the hood around her head and then look away. You must understand that loyalty to these families extends beyond Old Lork and that in these guilds, she continues dancing around the name, uh, these guilds that extends far beyond Old Lork and like recognizes like much like how soldiers in the field wear the tabards of the of the barons or baronesses they serve, or the knights for that matter, uh, I, I they look, wear their colors. <laughs> I look down at mine. <laughs> yeah, you wear the livery not only to declare your fealty, but to ensure in a melee you do not stab your comrade. That makes perfect sense. It is the same for the people in Old Lord, although. It is not open warfare they engage in, it is a a war of knives. Uh, And rarely will you find, uh, rarely will you find uh, people come to blows in the streets during daylight. But there are certain dispensations made by the various captains, if you will, within these families who control the broader organization, she says dancing around the term once Mm -hmm. again. And 
they wear this livery proudly. It is something that you would wear during daytime, perhaps with hide at night. I'm simply saying, stating that Old Warwick, it is it will not be dangerous as long as we do not extend our stay. We should move on and quickly. I so. So, we wouldn't have time to go to your armorsmith and whatnot. Yeah, for repairs, I understand. Well, you would find no armorsmiths in Old Lork anyhow. Fire is illegal. For the whole town is built of timber. Huh. You will find no fires, no no fires larger than a hearth that will burn there. Any sort of metalwork is done on shore. It is done in a place called Frogmorton. Where's Frogmorton in relation to here? We passed it. Really passed it? Yeah, where the river and the lake meet, that's Frogmorton. <laughs> so when we leave, won't we pass it again? We will not. We're going to the bastards here. We're going the other way. Oh. We're going east. After Old Lord. Boss, I didn't know you needed anything until. It is only a day away. But. A day back. And then a day back again. We don't get stopped by the wardens. Oh, kind of smile at the word. Old Lord will have wardens too. Just not as. They'll have wardens. If we don't get stopped by them this time, then we'll be lucky. We'll have the manifesto ready. We'll be able to hand it over. The manifest, sorry. Manifesto. (laughs) Night Father, forgive if we are caught on the river at this time. Yes. On the lake, rather, sorry. I don't know what's going on, but we need to... If, if it can be done in Durindal, we should do it in Durindal. If it can wait, we should wait. Well, it's up to you. I mean, uh, if we're staying one day, I, I, I will excuse myself. I do have obligations here. Both Jonas and I must make tribute, as you said. So there is no way to procure anything new here either. Is that correct? Anything new? As in armor? As in a shield. There are armorers that sell everything that. (laughs) When I mean everything, everything. You can find everything here. Even the things you can't find in Durindal, you can find in Old Lord, and she smiles. You'd be surprised at the number of black market goods that make their way as far as ancient Zahara, even the Amber Isles to here. It is truly a gateway into the, they like to call them the Penny Dreadfuls, the Underworld. So it's possible to and make purchase by proxy. Certainly, absolutely. Yes, I would recommend that. That's all I need. I just need a way to get what I need to do in order for us to survive. Let me know what you need. If it's a shield, and it's a something standard, then that should not be a problem. But I, again, 
I would, I would need to. I'll look over at Jono. As we said, we need to do our, our bit, and then I can Jonah can Jonah and I can help you get what you need. Aye, that's what's necessary. There's all the things at once, but the shield is necessary. Alright, tell me what you need. Alright. Is there anything else that I can help with? We are about finished here with dinner, and I do grow tired. I'm so sorry. Well, Dom and I just needed your advice. Aye. Your favor with your, your the insight, boss. Your insight is extremely valuable. And, uh... Well, certainly, Master Steeples has a much deeper understanding of Old Bork than I do. But I do appreciate the kindness of the invitation. Jonah didn't say a word at dinner. As they are excused, they'll be like, no one talks about this. You know that. So you think that uh, I may have gotten her in trouble? No. Don't ask about family ties, though. Oh, no, I won't. You did. Again. Well, we can't make heads or tails of these damn southern traditions. Doesn't make any sense to me. As said, I so, need a few hours. So is the intention then to come to Old Bork, do your trafficking, make your visit, and then to be off? Yeah. Or do you wish to extend your stay in any way, individually, for all of you? Uh, Harper doesn't really have any reason to stay in Old Bork. It's not like he's probably going to find an honest priest there anyway. I'm going to continue to recommend that they stay on the ship. Don't leave the ship. <laughs> Maybe besides Elisa and Zay, if you wish to go ashore. <laughs> Just because she's the only one that doesn't look like a... Hey, look at me! Well, she wants to disguise herself. Right. But she's... No. She's, she'll turn to you and say she just wants a bathalide. Purchase her a bathalide while you're there. Because uh, I didn't pick mine up in the camp. After I stabbed that guy. That's right. I dropped it from my bow, it, and, and I so, never declared I picked it back up. So make your purchases. Yeah. Um, Are they double? Uh, what's that? Are they double? Who's buying? Uh, I, I, don't I was going to buy it. You're fine, then. Yeah, just pay standard price. Um, you will pay three crowns a day to keep your ship at shore. Yeah. Your cost to basically your cost to port in Old Lord is based on one percent of the value of the ship multiplied by a number or divided by a number of days you're here. So it can get very very expensive. I get because you're literally on a galley. It's a big ship. Mm -hmm. I would offer to uh, Bannister uh, the Brigantine. That I was gonna, that I was gonna, that I was wearing Banneker and Brigandine. Yeah, Banneker and Brigandine. Uh, or the uh, three barrel press pistol. If you want any of those, or they're yours. I can sell the armor for you, but I have um, a family heirloom I wear. I'm just offering. But uh, yeah, if you wanna. 
Go ahead and sell it. We can put that towards good use. Food, whatnot. May not be as expensive as we need, but it's always nice to have some change laying around for rainy day. As you wish. So can we go ahead and just do the purchases yeah. now? And, and anything's on the board unless it's like a repair, which would take time. That's right. Okay. So Banneker, what is it that you wish to do while you're here? I need to visit my aunt. I need to pay tribute. And I'm sure Jonas has got to, Jonas, Jonas got to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, we'll probably do, we'll leave kind of some of that off camera to kind of let you maybe fill in what happens later if you want.
gonna be coming that old blade. Not big, but that long one. The one that should be thrown into the bottom of the river? Hold that thought. Seems like you were fixing to fix it up. I was fixing to fix my blade up. What about the what about that long blade? Seems like you've got an idea. Well, I was just wanting, I was wanting to know your intentions of it. My intentions of it. I don't know. Well, Eugene I've is got, done. I've got half a mind to tell Eugene to get it to me and run graph through a bit. But I also realize that there are more important things in Graf Edric getting his due. That is an artifact of our combined nations. That sword is much more important than any of us. And so as long as it gets repaired and put into the right hands, Whose hands is right? Hmm? Whose hands is right? Well, you tell me. It seems like you're leading somewhere with it. Been stuck down on this hole the past few days. Leaning up against the wall. Something about it. I remember it snapping in his hands. It's unlucky to him. Something speaking. Speaking to me almost. Maybe maybe it's the blade, maybe it's her. But I got an itch in my hands. Never felt a weight of such a sword, but I got a, I got a feeling it's gonna be right in my hands. Or her hands, or I don't know what, but once it's set right, I think I'd like to take it up. Well, as I said. It seems like you already had an idea. <laughs> and, uh, I suppose that, uh, I could teach you a few things with it. But, I think in this particular case, it's not just up to me. Because if you walk around with her, it's even more attention on us. And I'd like to hear what these people have to say about it. So, yellow flag, Eugene is not here, so we're going to stop yeah. this conversation. Mm -hmm. He's not okay. here, we've, and we went through this last game session. Mm -hmm. So unless unless uh, unless Jason is here to speak on his behalf, I vote that we don't yeah. discuss this any further tonight. Okay, we'll do. Um, so we're going to be but, back on the boat, right? I mean. but, but, but we will use that as a seed for the next session when Jason is back. All right? Yeah. We'll revisit that topic. So, at this point... Are we still on the same night, or will we leave We've left Old Lork at this point, so it's been five days, six days now. Six okay. days total. At some point during this, could I possibly go speak to Jonathan and work on learning that ritual from him? Yeah, Harper was going to potentially uh, approach him about that, too. 
Jonathan would be very excited to discuss. In fact, he'd be electric to talk to you about what he's discovered. I have a metal shield on the ship. Well, I figure between that and the, uh, going okay. through the esoteric, so, I can handle while everybody's recovering. So you don't yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, I, I, I bought some things, but okay. yeah. So, the what <laughs> remind me, real quickly above board, remind me what the ritual was he took from the wall. Blessed Sacrament. I, blessed, I thought it was Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, we'll check that, like though. Which, um, which unfortunately, uh, for Elisa, uh, you realize you are not qualified to learn because you don't know the proper incantations. In fact, the tongue uh, is not, the, the tongue itself is in, in Ancient Auld. And although you may know Ancient Auld, it is, it is not a, it is, it is a prayer. Which seems that is incongruent with your beliefs. In fact, one can say because you don't have the divine magic special trait, you cannot use it or learn it. Okay. However, to somebody who is just embarking upon that endeavor of understanding the great unknown specific to the martyr, Hamish is a different story. Yeah. Technically, yeah, the adherent gets it when they take that profession, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, Harper would uh, definitely... Sorry, Harper, not Hamish. My apologies. Yeah, I would uh, do it all the time, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Harper would go and potentially talk to Jonathan. I mean, if Elise is there, that's fine, because, I mean, we don't know until we have. That's right. So, but 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 Jonathan will, will go on to say, yeah, you know, there was a lot that we left behind in that, in that tomb, and it seems like it would be sacrilege to pass back through there, but... I am more interested in reading an esoterica to Rendell. I, I'm very drawn to it. It feels like something in there is like calling to me. It was less a sacrament, by the way. I okay, it was. As I thought. Yeah. Good note. <clears throat> huh. Interesting. I've not had an opportunity to read it at this point. We've been, well, frankly, we've been at a weird crossroads of sort, but perhaps we can study it together over these nights. You and I. As he says this, you recall Warren vehemently said, do not let him see that book. That's right. Do not let him see that little, that little <laughs> flashback. <coughs> do not let him see that book. So all, all Lisa says is, well, I suppose you'd have to talk to the person that's holding it. Or was <clears throat> it really Warren that said it? Uh, that, but that's all she says. Who has the book, coincidentally? I do. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's all she But that's wrote. what she says. Yeah. So we've been rotating. The 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 the. So let's 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 make a decision. Will you allow Vander to see it? Will you go with? Warren's recommendation not to let Jonathan Vander see what? this book, or will you, or do you, the question is, who do you trust more, Jonathan or Warren? So this is a Warren or Warren question. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the challenge, challenge right? Yeah. You don't really know. This is a per, this is a kind of a moral quandary for Elisa alone to make a determination on. No one else can influence this decision but, but Elisa. Elise is of the belief that no one else should see it at this point because she doesn't know who to trust, so she would not show me. Okay. So, the journey down river, um, first question, so my next question is this. Um, will anybody simply be resting the entire time to recover from their, their injuries? Yes. Okay. 
So you're going to stay laid up. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to study the uh, Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. and uh, take my time to learn that. Well, the great thing is about rituals, you don't need to learn them. You just do them. Okay. Yeah, providing you have all of the special, you have the reagents and meet the special conditions. Okay. So I wouldn't have to pay like the 100 experience points. No, reward points, but no, because it's not a spell; it's a ritual. Okay. Yeah, ritual. So just, just so everybody knows this, kind of, okay. and this isn't known by your characters, but this is for your all, right. your all's knowledge. Rituals do not require skill rings and incantation. Anyone can use a ritual. Um, you just have to meet special conditions. Uh, in the case of Blessed Sacrament, one of the special conditions is you must have divine uh-huh. magic as a, especially just like for magic circle, you must have arcane magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a special trade or covenant magic for that matter. But um, otherwise, you just meet the conditions. Uh, and rituals are set up that way so that people can use this really heinous style of magic that kind of plays towards some of the more common tropes of dark fantasy. Like the like the merchant who summons a demon to make a bargain to like give him riches or whatever it may be. Um, those are the what you can do with those rituals. And there's only, I think there's like, I think 12 total rituals across the game. They're pretty powerful. So, yeah, so really what it boils down to is that... Um, the Faustian bargain. That's right. You don't have to learn okay. the ritual at all. You can simply do it if you have everything that you need to meet the special condition. Right. right. I will write that. So, if you intend to stay on the boat... Sorry, and, and stay laid up. It's going to be another five days across Cauldron Lake, and you break off of the Axe Water and actually head down south into into the Ravine Girdle proper. From and basically, as you were along, if you recall the stories, uh, the bastard king Ethan Priam had flooded this miles and miles and miles long river valley. Think of the Lake of the Ozarks that they just undammed the river and just flowed through all of southern Missouri. Um, that is very similar to what the Bastards River is. It's this snaking, winding uh, lake that has a number of uh, tributaries and smaller lakes and ponds off of it and other you know, twisting creeks that kind of spin off of it uh, that twist their way along the shadow of the stead wall. You can see the mountain range now. Um, in fact, the, mount, the, the map behind Adam um, you're heading along that little black line toward Durindal. Um, you can see the great snow-capped mountains of the Steadwall rising, first as foothills, then to these huge, soaring gray mountain peaks uh, that frame uh, the west as you're going south on the Bastards River. And you discover as you're going on the Bastards River, there are many parts of this great twisting... I mean, it's not really a river, it's a lake almost, but the Bastards River is its main vein and you find there are many parts of it that are frozen and nobody lives along here at all and you notice that the cliffs continue to rise and rise and rise until they meet the mountains and about five days down river or ten days for recuperation uh, if you're laid up so that makes total 21 days now for because it's where it's five days which equal to 10 to old mork one day remained in there, and then five more days down. So, let's see, if you're taking bed rest, two days count as one. So, five more days away from Old Lork, away from Cauldron Lake, onto the Bastards River, you are literally in the shadows 
of these huge, huge, huge mountains. A great mountain range that um, that uh, has been here for ages. It's one of the first things that the Ravanians found before they even called Ravanians. They were still called the Alv. Um, but it's one of the first things they met when they came to the girdle. And they, the locals called it the stead wall, which basically means it stands between here and there. It stands in, I-N, separate word, stead. But it's S-T-E-A, where that letter is, a phonetic letter, E-A together, stead wall mountains. So the stead wall is kind of to your west. And at first, about five days down river, you think that, all the cliffs must be covered in snow as well, whether the, the, the mountain caps can, are all covered in snow and kind of surrounded by clouds. There's no snow falling at all here. It's just, but the cliffs look like they're covered in snow until you realize that these cliffs are actually made of like salt, these huge salt cliffs. And as you're, you're, you're heading down the river, the Master's River is kind of winding its way through the foothills. And that's when you see there is a river lock ahead, barring barring your way further down the river. And you're seeing these huge salt cliffs rise to the west toward the stead wall that are not capped, they're not covered in snow, just simply salt lines. And you see that there's this huge river lock that's raised and literally positioned in the middle of the river, because the river is not wide here by any means, um, is a military barge almost almost reaching from one shore to the other. Um, and it's marked with the, the heraldry of House Dupre. It's mar it's dropped anchor in the middle of the river. And you can see that there are a number of smaller bo boats that have been turned over on shore. It's marked with the House Dupre? Yes. Oh, that helps us. thought it was going to be the other way. It is, it is, it is if you remember, the, the, the heraldry of House Dupre is checkered yellow and black and has the boar tussling with the owl in the forest. That is the new House Dupre heraldry. Remember, the old House Dupre was just the Tusk de Boar. There's an old story about the, and you may remember this, oh, the, old, the old man of the forest, as they call them. There's a story that's written by uh, Guillaume Genevieve uh, that was kind of a folk tale of the Dupre before they had merged their houses together. And um, now you're looking up on the new heraldry that looks like it looks like the Baroness's symbol. Um, it's bitterly cold out. You find that your ship can go no further, however. <clears throat> well, we'll stop at the lock and approach. The ship comes to a slow stop until you drop uh, a heavy iron anchor and the kind of unwinding the massive chain until it drops to the bottom of the river. And you can see not far from here is this kind of crumbling tower marked with the sun bleach symbol of Durendal. It's situated on the western side of the river, uh, which is where the where the river key uh, operators of the river quay, if you will, the river wardens would be. But what's unusual about this is that the lock is surprisingly close to these salt cliffs. In fact, you can see not far from here, there's this winding kind of path of broken white salt rock and rubble. There are all these yellow and black checkered tents kind of peppering the hillside, and there's like campfires coming off of this. An entire encampment settled up on the side of the salt cliffs, 
and they seem to terminate no more than maybe 10 yards in front of this huge, huge wooden palisade that basically bars the way into the mountains. We didn't come this way last time, so we don't even know. No, you don't. You have no idea. But you can see upon the flagstaff near the palisades, there are no people to be seen up there on the palisade itself. There's a huge kind of flagstaff with this wavering flag of a very different boar. It's the boar that looks like what's on the paper you'd seen before. This must be the Bruno's, the Bruno Lehman salt mines, without a doubt. And it must be beyond that palisade within the mountains. This looks like this is where we needed to stop anyway. Curious though, they're already here. Why? There's only one way to find out. You can feel the wind coming off the side of the mountain. A cold, brisk wind. And even though as you look toward the salt mine, the salt cliffs, you can see the snow-capped mountains far up above. Uh, the wind coming down through the stead wall is like cuts right through you as you disembark from the ship, rowing a boat across and come to shore. And as you come to shore, you see a detachment of Brigadine military uh, approaching. One of them has the visor of their helmet down because they're looking directly to the sun at the east. And you can see that the light is kind of reflecting off of his metal helmet, or her metal helmet for that matter, with the visor down, and you hear this kind of hollow metal, What ho! You can see that the sentry is kind of coming toward you. They appear to be armed um, with back swords at their waists, but otherwise they're wearing head to tail, they're, they're, they're wearing that kind of boiled brownish brigandine studded armor with iron helmets and thick, heavy woolen cloaks. None of it is trimmed in fur, however. They've got gloves on over their mail. Um, as they approach, you can hear, they hear the metal rattling as they're frigid and cold. And it, it is indeed very cold out here. It is literally not only just the dead of winter, you are literally in the, the mountains. The wind is coming down, it's cutting right through you. Through your clothes, through your fur, you feel your teeth chattering. And the sun is obviously risen in the east, you get the sun at your back. Is there a, a brazier on deck that has a fire in it? Yeah. But, come aboard, warm up. Well, no, we, we have to get off. You have to get, yeah, you can't take the boat on shore. There's no, there's no dock. There's no we dock. Take, yeah, yeah uh, you had to take. You had to drop anchor. Remember, you dropped anchor and had to take the boat across. Come aboard, on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a detachment right. of, of brigandine approaches, and one of them kind of stops and he raises his visor, and you. The man looks really familiar, or sorry, the woman looks really familiar, and you realize you met her the night of Penumbra. She was the one who directed you to Jonah Sparrow. She kind of looks at you, kind of like, you know, but she kind of raises her mail, but you're done. I've been met somewhere before, she says as she looks toward Harper. Uh, if I recall right, are you the one that directed us to... Uh can't think of his name. Jonah. Last night wasn't Jonah. Jonah. Sparrow. No? Um, Amadeus. 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 
Master Chandler. Yes. Yes. That's right, she says. She walks up and <clears throat> takes her helmet off and her long kind of twin ponytails drop to the side, these golden braids and like with one streak of white in her hair. And she looks familiar because you remember her face was kind of pockmarked with, uh, with um, her cheek cheeks are dimpled and she had uh, freckles all across her face. She's pale as the moon. I do recognize the, uh, from the Dufresne Agency. Right. She smiles. Dufresne, Harper Lavenger. Oh, well. <laughs> Interesting we would meet here. I I am certain that Sir Ambrose Reich would certainly love to talk with you. That's a small world. Sir Reich is here. We've She points toward the encampment. Reich's not in the city anymore? Oh goodness. A lot has happened since she's been gone. More than I'd care to believe has ever happened, yes. Well, come into our camps. We'll uh keep you warm, get you fed. Alright. Do you have any people on the ship? Was he, sir, when we were back here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sir Reich? Yeah, he's the one you drank. Yeah. Sir Reich. There was only two sirs. Sir Reich and then the one you didn't get along with. I'm glad it's not him. Lieutenant Reich is what you might have known as better as. Right. Yeah, I knew him by his military. Yeah. There was only two of them. Not not, that he was a sir. Yeah. And I think that's because that's what he told me. He was, yeah. We do have a crew, yes. Uh, we welcome them to the camps, although I don't think we have enough room for them. Will they be fine on the galley? Should we send some foodstuffs, something to drink? We got a half ton of ale and a bunch of food, so I think we're all right. I do not mean to tarry. She's kind of sure. she's kind of tiptoeing right. in the mail, actually in the mud, in the the frozen mud of the side of the river. Yeah. And she's, but we should get back to camp. It is terribly cold. Uh, she says. I can agree with that. Let's get going. So you follow behind her, uh, and she kind of makes some small talk, like, "Who would have thunk that we would meet here again in, in the shadow of the Steadwall? What a." What a curious outcome, she says. It is an unexpected delight. Indeed. So only the gods could foresee. Yes, I know Sir Reich will be positively pleased to meet with you. I do recall uh, I do recall the nights when you were, the, the, the weeks that you were in Durindal. Uh, my understanding is that you and Sir Reich had, had become confidants of a sort. I think we could say we came to an understanding. So as, as you're coming into the camp and you're kind of walking between the tents, there's literally hardly anyone outside because it's so dang cold. And she takes you into one of the heavy pavilions where you can hear the wind batting against the against the um, the cloth outside. Mm-hmm. And as you come inside, the first thing you see is there's Lieutenant Reich or Sir Reich, as he's known as, sporting a sporting a brown beard. Huh. He kind of winds his eyes. Forrester? Right. He approaches and like grabs him and is giving him a giant bear hug. What the blazes are you doing out here? Oh, we're on our way back to Durendal. Back to Durendal? Right. On the Bastards River? On the Bastards River itself. I thought I thought you would take into to stay in Kael Tyrion for the season. Oh, uh, you know, that would be the smart thing to do, wouldn't it? Steeples, he turns and says, "We shared wine, remember?" I'll clasp his hand. I'll clasp yeah. his arm. It's good to see you, sir. Ah, uh, the Grawlstead are warring. 
That's Clavager. And someone I don't think I've met yet. He's a very handsome-looking man. One could say uh, that um, even with the brown beard, it really kind of makes him look like a fuller, stronger fellow. He has a big iron gorget around his 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 neck and huge, like, fur on his shoulders. Like, imagine, like, the Game of Thrones. Like, massive, like, huge, like, cloaks that make them look larger than what they really are. Uh, he, uh, one could say... Uh, that uh, Sir Ambrose Reich uh, looks a little bit like uh, Picard's number one with the beard. Riker. I literally been sitting on this for so many game sessions. You have no idea. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> just, what is he? <laughs> it's the second season, the next generation. I don't think we've had the pleasure, he says. I don't believe so either. Uh, Elisa. Uh, Ambrose, right. Mario. You can hear his spurs ream. He's walking across the cloth on the floor and he sets you down and says, uh, close the door. Or cl- close the flap. Let's, uh, please, sit. Let's drink. Let's talk. Oh my, by the gods, this is a very strange outcome. I tr- Truly, I thought you all were off to... Last I heard, you were in Cale uh, Tyrion and the madness that ensued there. The madness that ensued there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He says. What have you heard? Like, a great deal of things have transpired since you've been gone, he says. I, same here. We've, we've come across a lot of things. And, uh, I just, I'd like to hear from you what you've heard before we, before we say what actually happened. It's interesting to hear how news travels, you know? Travels very slowly indeed, but what happened in Kael Tyrion was ferried very quickly to Rasputin Hexenstern. Lord Clayton Arcade II spoke on your behalf and protested your innocence. Well, that's great. That's good to hear. Uh, it did seem a bit odd that, uh, well... Any justice sought out was by an, by an individual. An individual? Mm-hmm. You speak of Julian Coventry. Aye, I do. Yes. He pauses for a moment, kind of pondering his words. That is not why we are here, but um, I'm sorry to hear that. Things are afoot in the city. So I'm sure you're probably curious about me. Oh, I mean, it would make. You're this far out, securing the salt. Looks like the Baroness has moved. <laughs> I assume, though, that she does not seek our head in the same way that Coventry does. I should. Certainly hope not. The Baroness is a even-handed woman, and she leaves such matters to her bell guards. You can see that there's upon his lapel there's a tiny bell without a hammer inside of it. Oh, uh, Caesar, so you hugged me and didn't kill me. I'd say we're all right. <laughs> I wouldn't dare, even if there was a true bounty on your head. The foresters are fierce. <clears throat> too kind. Nay. The Lady Baroness 
has certainly been made aware by Master Hexenstern, but uh, a lot has transpired in the city since you've been gone. Yeah, it almost seemed like he wanted to tell us why you were here. When he said, you know, lots happened. He uh, comes to the edge of the, the tent and he kind of opens it up and he points toward the palisade and he says, As I said, a lot has happened. You may recall from the night of the day that you were brought before the Baroness, a busy court. You were this, nay? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We were all dressed in the pump. Right? Uh-huh. Yes. You may recall there was a man who left the court before we were given a mission uh, to speak with her ladyship. Do you recall this? Um, I remember a man leaving. Go on. Well, that's better. All I remember. <clears throat> surprisingly, uh, the Baroness has received many paramours who have professed to ask for her hand in marriage, and that night, goodness, almost four months ago, uh, the man who who rushed out of the throne room was none other than Bruno Lehman. He'd been turned away from a mar- from a second marriage proposal he had made to the Baroness. Since then, he has been here as he closes the tent flap, and he is not alone. He has professed to shut down the salt trade completely to Durindal. It's such a crucial moment in our divorce from Aglador. Hmm. He is positively incensed that the Baroness would deem to separate the girdle from the West. He is... He has not ferried any of his salt to the Salt Peterman since then. Apparently he knows nothing of women. If you get rejected, you move on. Oh, I don't think it's just a matter of mere rejection, as it was a marriage of, uh, of potential opportunity. I'm not a political man, of course, but... Uh, think a simple rejection from a marriage would be enough to merit withdrawing financial support from the Baroness wholesale. Yeah. I'm not really all that political, so I suppose what you say makes sense. Yeah. So then you came here to what? Well, in a matter of sp- in a matter of speaking, I was sent or I I volunteered. We received an anonymous report not too long after the news had reached us from Kale Tyrion about the celebration party about he bites his lower lip. The death of Rosalia. We received a report that Bruno Layton was the center of this. I felt it right to volunteer. Good on you. Forgive me. Um, no. Your personal opinion is great, but why are all of you here? You can see there's tears welling from his eyes. I was promoted to, I was knighted before the Baroness before I, before we came north here. We've only been here for a few days at best. Are you here to take back the mines? It's not as simple as that, unfortunately. Bruno Lehman and his conspirators at the 
this is all true, they have a deep reach into the rental. They have deep reach into the people. I, unfortunately, I... Sir Virgil Leland is here with his contingent behind those walls. He admits. So, as he... As he said what he wants in order to open up the, the mines again, as he... Hmm. As you give in your layman's terms. Get out of here. <laughs> no, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> he 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 pauses and he says No terms have been offered at this point. We had thought to parlay knowing that Sir Virgil Leland is a, a bell guard himself, the veteran of the strife, the brigandine for that matter, he says kind of pacing. I think he came out of duty than than loyalty. Wait. So Virgil Leland, who was a bell guard or is a bell guard, is it on the inside with Bruno? That's right, he says. Isn't Leland the one? Leland's the one. He's the prick. The one that uh, you never got along with. Yes. For once, I was hoping I could just talk to someone. Right. Well, I could talk to him. He liked me. So, so it's a problem because if you were to try and do anything by force, you'd be going up against Stephen. Well, in a sense, we were not the only ones to come here. Oh, bloody places! It grows worse. The Saltpeterman, one of their subordinates, a pyromancer named Victor Malik. We accompanied him here as well. And he's with us. He is here in the camp, yes. He and a few of the other Saltpetermen. They've come to ensure that the... Salt starts again? The salt flows back to Durindal down the river. They have come on behalf of Julian Coventry. They have come on behalf of the Salt Peterman. That's interesting. A very complex political goings-ons in Durindalite. Cannot pretend to know it or understand it, but I am duty-bound to be here, and I I hope when this is all over that no blood is to, will be spilled. It would be a grievously misfortunate. Look, no matter what your run-ins were with Sir Virgil Leland, he only cares about his people and found this square. He's not a bad person. Yeah, you don't deserve to die for being a jerk. He is quite ineffective to be a jerk. He is also a war hero in a Belgard. He, along with myself and Master Chandler and ten others, Rasputin Hexenstern, we... We were there the night of the assassination three years ago. We were the ones who foiled it. Right, yeah. Right. I have no problem, Sir Leland. Again, the man has been everything but gracious to me. You wish to avoid blood, though. It's best we not stay in your camp. Hmm. Not if they're salt people that we had here. Those not are... if they're with Coventry. Well, we can't stay here. That or unless we can get them to lift the bounty they put on our heads. They won't. Do you think you could broker a parlay between us? 
and the saltpeterman. Yeah. With Victor. Malik is an even-handed fellow, but fiercely loyal to the saltpeterman. I think that I could certainly set up a parlay here in my tent. I do not think that even if even if the pyromancer was had many folk at his side that he would dare raise a sword. He knows that the Dufresne have the grace of the Baroness, the Sun, Moon, and the Stars of Durindal. Right, he well, knows us. And he wouldn't raise a wand either, right? Goodness, no. Or a dagger in the night. Maybe not him, but if you said he has a contingent. That is a dark turn of your mind, but I suppose that uh, I am not one to... Dealt can... with a lot of dark turns as a place. Uh, you know, I mean, but if he's, if he's in charge, contrary to popular belief, when someone who's in charge gives orders, most people follow it. What soul spot for you as a place, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who follows orders? <laughs> Just kidding. I know this. I know that Victor Malik, that the Pyromancer and the Saltpeterman, well, they intend for something to happen. They, they have urged us to break down the palisade. So their bloodshed can occur. That's not what I want. It is certainly so that they can ensure the salt flows once again. Without the salt, the Saltpeterman are nothing. Well, as much as I believe Edward, Edward, Leland, I mean, surely we can come to an accord. It is a uh, tenuous situation, he says, as he raises his eyebrows. Uh, you want to hear about tenuous situations? I've got a story about Stowe, I can tell you. <laughs> but that's another that time. You know, like I said, we've only been here for a few days, and the salt peanut are already growing restless. I think that they had half a mind to believe, at least this victim Alec had half a mind to believe, that we would raise blades against our own comrades on the other side. But I know for a fact Sir Virgil Leland came here out of mere loyalty to the fact that if only to protect the relationship, the future of Durindal. Right. It is not a simple matter of Bringing Bruno Lehman to justice is why I am truly here. That is true. But I am not the executioner. I am not the one to carry this out. It is not for me to decide. I am not a court of law. But we have it on good information that he is at the center of this heinous murder of Rosalia. And you can, you can detect a tinge of something in his voice when he says her name. He's almost breathless for a moment. Seems there were a lot of people that loved Rosalia. She was much, uh, much kind woman. When he says that specifically, kind of want to see how he reacts to that. He uh, he lowers his head. I mean, he's clearly he's clearly distraught. All right. Um, yeah, because above board we learned that she was the daughter of the. The people in Kilterry, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. Well, I think that uh, 
If we can get some talking going here, we can save some lives. First, we need to get everyone on the same page, I think. This Bruno Lehman is guilty, then we should bring him back to Durindle to seek justice. He deserves. He's innocent. He'll prove himself out. We know he's guilty. I mean, we know he's guilty, but that'll be for us to help prove. Mm-hmm. Hey, he needs to be proven. I'm not just bringing a... First to Leland. Yeah. <clears throat> then to Durindle. I think well, if we can speak to the... We got a witness on the boat. Mm-hmm. There's the whole reason the dragon halfway across the world here. Mm-hmm. Yes. The witness to what? Are we truly alone? Does he even have guards in here? No. Right? <coughs> you know, you've got your suspicions. He nods. Well, we can lend some credence to them. You just have to trust us. All we want to see is justice for Rosalia. Mm-hmm. I... We served our purpose, but lost the lady. Yeah. I mean, it's more about making sure that people who deserve to see justice see justice. So, we have to have two conversations, at least one is with uh, Saul Peterman, and that's uh, to see if we can at least come to an accord, and then the others with Leland afterwards, see if we can convince him that the right thing to do would be to bring Bruno Lehman in for a trial. As you say that, the tent flap opens up immediately as the woman you saw before is kind of a bit out of breath. And she says, Sir Leland, Sir Leland, the, the saltpeterman, you need to see this. Come, 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 come. Sir Leland kind of nods and you all kind of fall in line. And... As your, as your, um, as your, uh, stepping outside, you can see that the boats have been overturned, and, uh, one of the boats is moored up near the Madeline, and there's a man standing in the Madeline, or standing in the boat, uh, this very tall fellow wearing kind of long gray robes of the saltpeterman, um, and they are hammering something against the hall, this piece of paper with this huge iron spike. And they're protesting uh, up toward the top of the Madeline. And you can see Sammy leaning over and he's spewing forth a a litany of profanities uh, at these saltpetermen as they are clearly trying to seize the boat, these three saltpetermen, with... Victor Malik, and we will come to a close here for the night. One hundred, or not one hundred points. My apologies. One advance. One advance. One advance every single game session from here on out. That's right. So we will continue 
next week with our next show, our next episode, which will be 66. 66 so dangerously close. Only 600 off. That's right. So everyone should be three advances now into advanced tier, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. I'm only two. You should be three. You should have your professional trait and now two advances. Okay. Okay. So yep. I did take the extra. Okay. That's right. Uh, wait. To clarify, when we you should have your professional trait and two advances. Okay. That's, That's it. That's Full stop. You told me to do. Yeah. Okay. Throw what you have. Okay. Is everyone up to speed on that? Everyone mark what they have. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we will continue. No next corruption. corruption. No corruption sign. Oh, there no corruption. None. There wasn't any. It was None. all zero. I can't. Whoa! Fate point. I'm, I'm, I'm real close, which is the only reason I mentioned. Good. But I'm real close also to a disorder. Oof! <laughs> wow, you're you're what are you? So I'm eight and nine. Oh wow! So Lisa has eight and nine order of chaos. What about yourself? I'm sorry, seven and eight. So eight. What about Benneker? Now, I am now five and one. Order chaos. What about Warren and her? Warren, Warren. Okay. Harper. Harper. Zero, zero now. Nine. Right. Yeah, and finally, my last one here with the close. Uh, eight, order two, chaos. Wow. That's good. So, we continue next week. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for watching, Queen of Embers. Thanks for the hygiene. Uh, we'll have something fun and interesting happen next week. And we'll get into some really interesting stuff here, too. Uh, a palate cleanser, if you will, uh, from the tenuous undergoings of the last act. But the, the Act 7 is just starting. What happens with uh, Sir Ambrose Reich? Uh, Sir Virgil Leland, Victor Malik, and Bruno Lehman as a story that is yet to be told. But watch us next week and find out what happens. Thank you all. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.